and a warm welcome to Smashing Secrets Feng Shui. We're your hosts. My name is Chloe. And I'm Joe, And we're a mother and daughter duo. This show is for all of those that are interested in Feng Shui, including those with no previous experience, but would like to learn how you can improve your life and your successes even more than you're doing already. That's right. This is the show for you because we're going to be breaking down the secrets of feng shui, making the principles much more accessible. This is so you can make your good luck better and make your bad luck smaller. And we're going to discuss how to do that with all the other interesting facts and features of feng shui and everything in between. I hope you enjoy listening. Hello and welcome back to Smashing (laughs) Secrets Feng Shui. How are you, Joe? Good morning, my beautiful darling. How are you? I'm good. I'm well. I'm grand on this Sunday after morning. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I'm very good. I'm enjoying the beautiful sunny weather. It's been um, long time, well, I say long time coming. We've been quite lucky. We've had the old flurry in between the rain, the snow, the hailstones, the wind. Oh my god, I know. It's been all over the place. It's been quite a, a busy spring. It's been blustery. You just don't pushy. know how to dress for this weather. I just take a hat in my pocket everywhere I go now in case it rains. Yeah. Well, spring is all about blowing away all those cobwebs, isn't it? It's the season mm. of wind and rapid change. I when guess does that's summer, what we're seeing. When does the summer kick in? Well, we've got a transitional period that comes through in... April, okay. which is now. So that's quite an active season. And then we enter May and that should start to see longer, sunnier, warmer weather. Woo-hoo. And um, then June, of course, will be, I should imagine, June's going to be beautiful because the energy of the horse combines with the annual star of the tiger, makes fire. And um, in July, that energy also combines with the tiger. That's the energy of the goat. And that that combination increases the wood element. So maybe we see more change in the weather patterns. Let's wait and see. Because there's a big, uh, I suppose, clash, you could say, which comes through in April, uh, sorry, August. So that could be quite interesting because the tiger and the monkey that's the annual star and the month star of 2022, are going to have quite a reaction to one another. So it could come out in weather patterns, but it could also come out in world politics or on an individual basis. So people, so you and I, for example, we've got the monkey, so people born with the monkey could expect some changes to come through in um, late August, middle to late August into September because of that clash. So that's when the is that when the tiger energy in the year is stronger. So every year, you've got two considerations. The first six months is represented by the energy of the heavenly stem. So that uh, this year it's a yang water, and the second part of the year, so from August through to February next year, is the heavier energy of the earthly branch, which this year is the tiger. So uh, if we look at the month stars, we have the month of August, which is represented by the energy of, it's a monkey, but what kind of monkey? Because there's five different types. 
I'm gonna so, I'm gonna guess in the dark and say wood. Well, you'd be wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> it's Yang Earth. It's a Yang Earth monkey. So that means it's going to be a super strong monkey because we know that Earth supports the metal energy of the monkey. So the earthly branch will be quite strong, which is going to have quite a strong reaction to the tiger because the year of the tiger is very strong because water nourishes wood. So big changes. Also, we know that the heavenly stem of the month, that Yang Earth sign, is not compatible with the water energy because earth can make water dirty can can compromise the the water energy so it could be that things get a bit murky a bit muddy a bit murky amongst all of these stars so maybe there's a i I was going to say mystery but it's not mystery it's murky that makes sense Mm. so makes me ponder about world politics but in terms of weather, I should imagine it's going to be a pretty mixed bag. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> Thunder and lightning, rain, cloud, wind. Ugh. Yeah. Humidity. That's what I can hear. Well, I think, um, yeah, mi- pretty mixed up weather pattern. Naturally, God knows if there's any additional man-made problems to throw in the mix. Was there a hair in your coffee just then? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yours or mine? I'll take ownership. I think it was mine. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you made the coffee. My hair comes out everywhere now. And you can <laughs> like tell it's Theo, mine it's curly. <laughs> yeah, I do shed. Honestly. Uh, if, if anybody is here for the updates of the cat, um, the cat was in the bath, in an empty bath, and then I put the shower on and I showered him for a while and he was okay with it <laughs> well your cat loves water for all those people that think that we've been cruel to our cats yeah, we're not no, he, he, <laughs> yeah he's fine with it loves water he will he will get into the shower of his own accord yeah yeah when he it's has on. <laughs> he has he's an absolute we do love our cats yeah but the cats don't like each other no which is a sad situation but we're yeah. doing lots of we're doing lots of feng shui to increase the love, mm. and love energy should be super strong actually through um, the summer months because we have the strong hidden fire inside the tiger, which is going to be released during June, and um, potentially for those with the horse in their chart, it'll carry on through July, oh, yeah. and then we'll get another little fiery combination later on in the year around October and then another harmonious combination in November. So there's a couple of nice sweet spots to look forward to throughout the year and hopefully whatever problems are going on around the world, people will be acting from a place of the heart, which is the fire, fire energy, heart and mind. So with love and compassion, perhaps we can help each other on a worldwide platform, rather than all this conflict and aggression that is playing out. Get jiggy with it. having some sunshine. And sun. Yeah, we do like the sun. So what are we going to talk about today, Mother? Well, as a continuation of our different schools of feng shui, I thought it might be a nice idea if we delve into the rather vast subject of feng shui Mm -hmm. flying stars. 
I know last time we spoke about eight mansions, so really we should be talking about Nine Star Key or Nine Star Chi, which um, is a similar system to eight mansions, although in fairness, I find eight mansions to be a little bit more effective in terms of feng shui and nine star key to be much more um, to do with changing your luck through travel, through through changing not the environment in the home as such, but actually if you're going travelling a distance. Huh? Your surroundings. Yeah, uh, so I find eight mansions is good for surroundings, mm-hmm. whereas nine star key is good for leaving surroundings and using it as a travelling feng shui sort of asset, if you like. So, so with nine star key, similar similar to eight mansions, it's based on your date of birth, and you you but it's a different formula. So the so I could run through the formula, but I'm not prepared, so we'll have to wait until I am. But with nine star key, if you use you find out which numbers so you'll have a different pattern of numbers for the day one for the month one for the year so you'll find out which directions you're sensitive to and then if you travel in those directions so for example let's just pluck one out the sky so say southeast if southeast comes up as one of your principal numbers or one of your numbers in nine star key and you use that direction to travel in, it can have a very beneficial effect on your aspiration, whether it be business or love or health. And one of the success stories that I I heard via a friend of mine who practices his system exclusively, so she doesn't look at the other schools of feng shui. She's not paying attention really to form school or eight mansions or flying stars or purple white scripts so she's ignoring that she just purely uses nine star key because it works for her and when she was looking for a job she used it to travel in a certain direction and ended up and she went a long way so that the, the effect of nine star key is amplified by how much effort or distance you put into it so this girl traveled around the world so she traveled from London and she went all the way over to Hong Kong and she went to one of the big hotels and she asked the hotel whether they would rent out a space so that she could start selling or promoting I think it was um I think it was an estate agent I think it was but she she basically went there just with an idea and the energy of the the nine star key boosted that idea and enabled her to not only talk the hotel into giving her some space. I think they just put gave her a desk in reception. It was so successful that they ended up giving her an office and then that then ended up going even bigger. So she crea- literally created a career for herself using Nine Star Key, just putting total faith in the Nine Star Key and making the distance substantial enough to have a, a very powerful effect. So we could go into that in a, a bit deeper but I really want to talk about the flying stars because that's my favourite um, part of feng shui. This is the one I use all the time. And I find nine star key is good, but not for 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 when you're stationary. It's more effective when you use it for travel and distance. So it can be quite magical in that respect. But in when you use it on the home, 
for example, it might say to you, your best direction is, say, northwest, but it contradicts with the other formula. So the flying stars might tell, tell you that the flying stars in the northwest are not very, not very useful. So when you spend time in that sector with those flying stars, you're not going to get the full benefit as if you were going to use the nine star key and travel to the northwest. Are you following me? I think so. <laughs> you have that sort they, of expression where you're like, oh, mom, just talk they, sense. They all sound like Mario levels. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, le- some, schools of, some schools of feng shui are very important and can be used together and you layer them on top to get a bigger picture, big picture. Whereas nine scar key is slightly different because it gives conflicting advice for station so for the for the house if you just use nine star key then it can work but if you mix it up with the other schools it doesn't work so i tend to put that to one side and i use it for travel and i recommend for my clients use it for travel so if there's something specific you want say you've got somebody that's poorly and they want to help their health we can find out where what what direction their health is sensitive to and they basically travel in that direction then hopefully they find the doctor that they need to help with the problem the health problem the same that principle can be applied for wealth so if if somebody particularly wants to boost their income if they use nice key and find out what the direction of their wealth is and travel a distance in that direction then the energies will support that um, aspiration, that intention. Whereas flying stars are fixed to a property. So it works differently. So flying stars you can use as well as the form school and compass school and Barzi, all the different jigsaw pieces to create a bigger picture. So that's why I like flying stars because then you can actually change the energy using flying stars. Following me? Yeah. Okay. So flying stars are based on the facing direction of the property and also the age of the property. So that means when the house was built, just like when a person is born, a pattern of energy is created. Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> you're like you're like consciously trying to talk slower, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like well, when I, don't, I, when, I don't want when it I to listen, sound like math. <laughs> when I listen, yeah, don't go there. Did everyone enjoy my really bad math skills? I did. A, I've been noticing how appalling I am at math. But what I was going to say is that when I go on YouTube and I listen to a tutorial, I speed it up by two times. I don't know if anybody else does this, but I just I can I can I can understand when people were talking very quickly and it felt like you were talking very slowly and that's why I began to laugh because I was like (laughs) you can talk at any speed you want I'm still gonna take it in just as well (laughs) okay well so we've got flying stars at the front of the property and the back of the property so so to to determine what the flying stars are Uh you need certain criteria so ideally you need a floor plan of your property to scale because we're going to put overlay a chart on top of it so we're basically looking at the birth date of the property, the date of construction. Some people or some schools of feng shui say you look at when you moved in. For 
I tend not to do that. I tend to look at when the first person moved in. So because we buy and sell houses, you look at the original creation of the property, the year it was it was made, it was built, it was constructed. That's the important starting point. And if people are living in a high rise, you and you're looking at the the date of construction, there is one thing to consider actually. That's 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 important as well. But it, it's it's a very small margin. You could look at the date the property was created, and nobody moves in for a couple of years. I mean, it's highly unlikely, but it can happen. You've got some properties that are empty for several years. So some schools say take the starting point from when the person moves in. So the first person that moves in. And I can see the value of that because the house is empty, so therefore very yin. And then when people move in, it becomes a yang dwelling. But my teacher always spoke about the date of creation, the date when the property was created. And if you're looking at properties that are taking several years to construct, then I would look at the timing of the year the roof goes on. So not the, the I mean, it is, it is significant to look at when things were started. So when that first groundbreaking happens, when they first start the project, that is significant. But it's the flying stars will start when the roof goes on, just like a lid on a box. So all the energies that are around at that time are contained within the property when the lid or the roof goes on. And that would be my starting point. And hopefully the people would move in soon after the date of construction when 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 the roof's on. But how about if you'd get you can get some properties that are made in the eighteenth century or even older than that, and it can be quite hard to find a like exact date. Yeah. In fact, um I I have that is a that is a recurring problem. So you need to put on your Sherlock Holmes hat and start to do some research. And I find um the land registry, you look at deeds, you can look at old maps. In fact, this property, I spent a long time looking at this property because this property is that we're in is at least 300 years old. And the history of that time is quite sketchy. So I've been looking at, so I, I there's a, a history society for this area, which I've applied to become a member of because I've exhausted so many other uh, um, trails, but there are lots of information on this area because um, this is where Henry VIII had a, his house, his Hampton Court. So there's a lot of information on that. But what was I found quite interesting? So I'm deviating a little bit. But what I found was quite interesting that when he when he did move in to to Hampton Court. Because he was so overweight and he had ulcers on his legs and um, he wasn't able to uh, move very easily, he wasn't able to go on the hunts that he enjoyed so much. So he he used to enjoy hunting. So he made all the hunts come to him. So he basically took all the land (laughs) from the surrounding area, massive swathes of land. So all the people that had properties were given were told to move out and they were given um, properties that would have been old monasteries and things like that. So they were told to move out of the area and the whole area was turned into his hunting ground. And that meant that any properties that were in that that area at that time 
were were either removed or demolished or, or were had to be given to the crown. So this property would have been built a few hundred years after that because otherwise it, it wouldn't have existed. But this was originally a farmhouse. And at a certain time in history, I've forgotten, I think early 1700s, the, after he died, the all the people, all these rich people wanted to come back to the area. So they were allowed to buy back the land and turn it into farms and orchards and things like this. So this was originally known as Orchard Farm and would have been a farmhouse. But at the end of the road was quite a famous mill because of all the natural rivers and streams and, and because mills were so important for making bread and grain and things like that. So there were three mills. Two of them became gunpowder mills. So not our one, the one near us, Ember Mill, was still quite small and, and was, I believe was used for, for the production of wheat. But the other ones further down on River Mole, that's where we get the name Molesy, was um, used for gunpowder and um, they had some serious explosions. They had, um, yeah, so people, it was very unstable. So, and there was one in the Society of History or I can't remember what it was called that spoke about the people that were literally blown to pieces where the mill exploded and all oh their God. houses were shaken. Yeah, I know, really scary. Yeah, so, and that would have been heard from quite a wide area. So Isha and things like that would have would have been aware of that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I do like looking at a bit of history, but I was basically trying to find out the date this property was built, and I'm still looking. I've managed to get it sort of around seven between 1700, maybe 1750. I think it was around 1737, which would be period four. But I could be wrong because I'm still going through old maps. And, of course, old maps aren't so accurate. But I did see Orchard Farm on a very, very, very old old map in the 1700s, which means it would have been not long off. Well, it was around that time. It's so interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, deviating again. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. It, so it we can need to be... find out the year of the property and yeah, yeah, yeah. go into some history books <laughs> to <laughs> Make do friends that. friends with people that that know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, some of the, some sometimes I I go to property. So so one of the things in England which is quite quite useful is that you have certain styles of property. So you can look at um, so Tudor for example 1500s would have lots of wood and um, a certain style of property, where the, but it was lots of wood coming through. And then you get other things like Georgian, Elizabethan, so all the different styles of property, and, and also where trade was coming through through Europe. So I think Georgian, you have a lot of European style, lots of red brick, and then um, Elizabethan, and then um, Edwardian, Victorian. So you can sort of gauge what the age of the property is by the style. So that's a little clue for all the people that are in UK and Europe. But in other countries, it may be more difficult to find out when a property was actually built. But in, in this country, we do have deeds, we have old maps. They, you know, you just have to do a bit of sleuthing, a bit of research, which monkeys, by the way, are really good at. So, you know, it's that's quite us. enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I've got a there. question. Yeah. So, you know, in America, it's all, it's more relatively new than, say, like England or Europe. Well, parts of America, like Boston, they have lots of historical buildings. Right. Because I'm just wondering, like, if there was a certain, because I'm not very good at dates, <laughs> math and history. Anything Not with my numbers. strong points. Yeah, anything <laughs> with numbers. I'm very dyslexic. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking because America, they did build it up all, like, there's like a large portion of it was relatively new and that would have all been in like a certain period in feng shui. Um, I don't think so because, I mean, you've got to remember America is a very, very big country. Bloody huge. (laughs) Yeah, so you can't possibly say it was all within a certain time frame because there would have been parts of the areas which would have been settled earlier than others. Mm. And also you've got to think about the... um, the original um, building materials may, and the same for the UK, may not have survived because if there was a lot of wood and um, things constructed of, of organic materials, then that they would break down and 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 go back into the ground. So, mm. so modern buildings there will be some documentation there'll be some trail there'll be some 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 way of finding out really when properties were originally built and and that so that can be quite tricky to find but if you persevere not guess but persevere and keep going eventually that that it will give up its secret and you can find the date of construction and the date when the original dwellers moved in the original inhabitants when did they first move in because that's when you turn the shell into a home so a yin receptacle becomes a yang dwelling and that's that's important because that's when energy starts to combine with man luck so your environment or your home is now starting to have an influence upon the people that are living there. And this is where flying stars come in. So to measure, to get a flying star chart, you need to know when the property was built and you need a compass and you need to find out where magnetic north is in relation to your, your property. So basically we're going to measure the facing direction of the property. Yeah? Mm-hmm. How are you with the compass? Um, I'm trying to think of a good pun. I'm, yeah, I'm fine with one. <laughs> so if I give you a compass, would you be able to go outside and tell me which facing direction this property is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Not simple. <laughs> I'm your daughter. I know. I'm, I know I'm bad at numbers, but I can read a bloody compass. Jesus. Well, people can't. Okay, I mean, so you I... get a compass and you put it in front of you and then you read what the arrow points at and it's No, north, but you've east, got to twist the west. dial. You've missed you've missed a crucial part. You have to twist the dial. <laughs> <laughs> what Chloe, dial? I use I my love phone. You. I love you, I love you, I love you because I you can can't... hear a button there. <laughs> because you can't read a compass and I still love you. So there's Wait. a dial. Okay, so look, with an iPhone, you've got a compass, <laughs> yeah. Okay, with there's an no, iPhone, it's different. There's, yeah, there's nothing else from that point. No, but for example, I, I do get people that struggle with this. It, it's, it's very common <laughs> to struggle with this because we're not used to mountaineering and, 
and using cumbers on a regular basis. Yeah, we've got an iPhone um, in our pocket. You know, why should we? But you do have a compass on your smartphone. And I had a job recently where it was in a different country and I couldn't get there personally. And so I asked the owner of the property. <laughs> Which way's north? <laughs> no, I said to them, can you, can you go to the property? And I need the exact degree that the property is facing. So they sent me some compass directions, which made absolutely no sense. They basically <laughs> said that, for example, the front of the house was facing 64 degrees, but the back of the house was facing 64 degrees. We can't have it mm. both ways. No. So how, you know, without being there, how am I going to know which one's the yeah. real one, yeah. if, it, if at all? So, and also I need several direct meter readings. I need um, compass readings. I need more than one because you could have outside interference. You could have electronic, electric pylons running across, or you could have underground streams underneath the property that you can't see. So that can have a bearing on the magnetic field. You could have cars that are very, particularly in London, that are parked very close to the front of the house. And they could make the compass needle twitch. So I tend to do one at the threshold of the property and then I do another one, bit of Bill just walked past. <laughs> bit we of love Bill is our neighbour. Bill is such a lovely neighbour. He is <laughs> such a good natured neighbour. Shout and out what I yeah, shout out Bill. And what I love about Bill is he doesn't matter, rain or shine, he sits outside in his garden with a glass of wine. At 11am. <laughs> and when we see him, we just say, look, we should do a bit of bill. Let's have a bit of bill. Because <laughs> he's just seems so happy. <laughs> he's got a very good garden. We, our, our, so we live on a um, first floor flat and we can see right over his garden. It's a massive space and you can't help but be a bit of bill. Yeah, he seems happy. Mm. Yeah, when I need a bit of happy, I need a bit of Bill. Who's yeah, a bit of Bill, <laughs> a bit so, of bill out there? <laughs> who's, who's the stalking neighbour? <laughs> I think I'm also, you know, you get like a naked neighbour. One of your neighbours is going to be a naked neighbour. I am that naked neighbour. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you are as well. <laughs> well, I think they prefer to view you than they would me. <laughs> I just run around so nobody can see me. <laughs> Don't want Bill to see me. I hope he never listens to this. <laughs> we shall never speak about this outside of our property. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so where were we? Where were we? So we were taking several measurements. Yes. So when this property, when these compass directions came back to me, I was like, well, that's strange. <laughs> that's <laughs> so really useful. Them. Thank you. And so this lots client lots of, is, lots of, is international as well, so you can't just yeah, take a little was, nip trip Yeah, over. it was a plain, a good plain journey, good eight hours very, plain journey. Very, yeah, a long one. Yeah. Fortunately, there are some amazing apps available, <laughs> so I managed to find an app that had um, the ability to zoom in <laughs> Huh? On the in the world, anywhere in the world, and put right. overlay something called a low pan compass, which is what I use. Um, perhaps you could put a picture on the on the Instagram of what a low pan compass looks like because it is yeah. different to a regular compass. And through that 
bit of software, I was able to measure the accurate direction, which was not 64 degrees, I'd like to point out. It was something like 227. So lots and lots of of people cannot read compasses, which is a little bit frustrating when um, (laughs) you're doing work remotely. Yeah. So when you have a compass, if you get one of these um, from a, a mountain a mountaineering shop or, or uh, where your people do lots of tra- Yeah, well, Amazon's another one. I was thinking of the shops where you buy all your equipment, but they sell these particular compasses. And you'll see that there's a dial on the top that twists. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. So basically all compasses are designed to point to where magnetic north is. Mm. So you'll have arrows. So you'll have in the design, you'll have... A, a drawing of an arrow that's fixed and and you just have to twist the dial so that it it it's in alignment oh, yeah, i can do that yeah with the compass needle i so can the compass, read a compass well that's it so you put the the dial over the top of, of the, the magnetic north so you match the arrow on top of the arrow yeah and then you'll see your there's another arrow pointing straight ahead. So you have to hold the compass where the see so what you're trying to measure is the facing direction. Yeah. And the compass is going to measure magnetic north. So not every house is facing magnetic north. So that's why you need to align the, the arrow on the disc with magnetic north. The other arrow, which is is painted on top of the compass which is fixed, you can't change, will tell you your facing direction. We might need to do a couple of pictures for yeah. <laughs> Instagram just to explain that because it's really important because you can't do flying stars without that. So you, those two key p- pieces of information, the original date of the property or the date of construction or the date the first people moved in, that's your first point. The second one is the actual compass direction, yeah? So if you've got those two pieces of information, then you can do a flying star chart. Well, after and there this, is... you can have a nice cup of tea because you've been looking at history books and trying to figure <laughs> out a compass for about three hours. <laughs> so take a nice, well, nice just break, phone me up. I'll do it. I'll help you. I'll help you. Yeah. So so basically, once you once you've feel that you've got your compass direction, the true compass direction, not the phony one, and the date of construction, then you can draw up a flying star chart. For example, if a property was built between 2004 and 2023, that would be under the age of eight. So you put, so your flying star chart will be based on period eight. If your property was built in 1984, or any time between 1984 and 2004, it'll become under the um, age of seven. Seven. (laughs) (laughs) Good at math. Good at math. And 20 years prior to that, so... Let me guess. Six. (laughs) Uh What happens when you run out of numbers? So you've got nine possibilities. So you've got age of one right the way through to age of nine. We're on the cusp. No, no zero. We're on the cusp of age of nine at the moment. So after 20 years of age of nine, it goes back to age of one, which is a water energy. So every age it has a, a elemental association. So period eight was earth, 
period nine is fire, period one will be water, period two is earth, period three and four are wood, period five is earth, period six and seven are metal. And that has a a kind of the main influence over everybody, these different periods. So that's when we see lots of changes. So because we were going through the changes of period eight through to period nine, there's lots of things that are going to change, completely change. The things that we would have been very used to in period eight are now becoming, are breaking down and, and turning into something else. So lots of change every time the periods change. And then um, flying star charts change. So once you've got your flying star chart based on the period, you uh-huh. need to look at the facing direction, which will determine how the flying stars will map out. And then you have something called mountain stars. So once you've done your chart, which you'll have something known as flying, um, the flying stars are either mountain stars or water stars. Mountain stars are really important for relationships, security, stability, health, and they like things to be nice and still. They, They accumulate their energy by keeping the area peaceful and quiet. They also become more um, influential with natural mountains and land formations that are associated with mountains. Duh. And also like things like heavy furniture, big pieces of furniture, like bookcases, wardrobes, that sort of thing, will amplify the effect of the, the mountain stars. And water stars are more associated with... Uh, bringing about wealth and prosperity, bringing about change. And these are directions that you face. So for you, so mountain stars, you reside and and rest against, or the property does, and water stars are the direction that you face. And for you to tap into the luck, because you're going to have good good ones and bad ones, just like yin-yang, you're going to have lucky mountain stars, lucky water stars. You're going to have unlucky mountain stars and unlucky water stars. So my job is to determine which ones are which, because what we don't want are money stars, water stars that are going to encourage more expenses and loss or stagnation. And we don't want mountain stars that are going to encourage poor health or poor relationships, arguments, robbery, that mistrust, that sort of thing. So the idea is you find out where the lucky ones are and where the unlucky ones are. You put yourself in the position where there are the lucky mountain stars and you face the lucky water stars that way you're putting yourself in a position of strength and support and security but you're also facing opportunities so we've got good stars and bad stars the good stars can be stars that are labeled uh, one nines eight particularly in period eight these are very lucky then the unlucky ones are especially five, but um, three, sevens, these are these are quite tricky ones. Um, stars that are associated with spiritual growth or ancestral guidance protection that could be star six. You've got intelligence and romance indicating the star four. So they all carry different values and they can they can work together in harmony or they can be completely against one another in a clashing situation, which will bring out other patterns of energy. And we also look at in the directions that we find them in. So when we do a flying star chart, it's associated with sectors of the house, 
but also the Barsi directions. For example, if you had a lucky mountain star eight in the south, you can expect that energy to be really, really beautiful and benevolent because the energy of the south is fire and fire supports earth. Eight is associated with the earth. So it means that energy is going to be super, super strong. But if it was in the west or northwest, then that's going to drain the energy of the star. So it's not going to be less effective or less um, powerful. But if you had a water star in the west or the northwest, then that would be supported. So it, it it's quite it sounds really complex, particularly the way I'm describing it. So sorry about that. But um <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> this is my but podcast. But that's really how it works, is, is you, you create a map based on the facing direction of the building, not where the front door is, because we get side entrances as well as entrances at the front. But you look at the facing direction of the property, you look at where it's positioned in the landscape and um, when it was built, then you can draw up a flying star chart or have someone do it for you if I, if people want me to do it, I can do it. <coughs> <laughs> and then you determine the strength of each sector and that's how you can find out what, what energy, the power of that energy, what influence it's likely to, to generate and you put the people in the good stuff, avoiding the bad stuff, and then you can use the five elements, constructive and destructive cycles, to either amplify the good energy or you might want to decrease and provide an outlet for the bad energies, depending on where they are. Okay, so let's move on to mini readings. What's the date of birth, Mum? Today we have a young lady who was born on the 26th of March in 1990. We don't have the time of birth, which could make a difference. But I do see a very interesting, quite complex chart in front of me. Let's start with the year of birth. So of one of the four, so I haven't got the hour of birth. That's one of the four pillars. But I do have three of the other pillars. So we can read quite a lot. But I do think the hour is important because it gives us an insight into this person's ideas, thought processes, dreams, aspirations. And it can also combine or put pressure on one of the other stars that are available for the day, the month and the year. So it does give a really important insight into someone's chart. So if this person were to enjoy this reading and would like to have that little bit extra, please do email your time of birth. So starting with the year of birth, we have Yang Metal, which is sitting on top of the earthly branch of the horse. Now, the horse is Yang Fire. And the horse particularly likes the tiger. So this year, that fire energy is going to increase. The fire energy is all about, well, it's it's a it's a very warm and expansive energy. It's associated with the heart and the head. It's very welcoming and it's associated with love and compassion. And the metal energy on top tends to, they don't, in the cycle of the constructive cycle, it's possible to see that the metal energy is weakened by, or, or the destructive cycle rather, is weakened by the energy of fire as fire has the power to make it more molten. But that means it makes it more versatile to change. So I think that's quite interesting. And particularly during the year of the tiger, because the tiger energy is going to increase that fire. 
because they both are attracted to one another. So the fire energy of the year of birth is going to increase. Now, because this person is born on during the month of the yin earth rabbit, the energy of the rabbit will serve as more fuel to the fire, just as wood feeds a fire. But the energy of the earth, again, is going to have a little bit, is going to offer control or, or, or harmony between the two uh, year styles, the metal and the fire, because earth is the energy that naturally con- controls fire and supports metal. So we do see a little bit of a harmony going on with this person's character and personality, suggesting that she's very soft and gentle, that she can be quite diplomatic. It's not. It's also got the rabbit underneath, and the rabbit can push that through. So I'm not saying that she's very passive. I think she's very inspirational, actually. I think she's somebody that has great ideas. Um, the rabbit month has inside yin wood, yin wood combines with yang metals. That indicates that there's a lot of self-discipline, self-control. She might not exercise it all of the time because the fire energy can burn quite brightly, suggesting someone who's very uh, maybe bright, extravagant, very generous, that sort of thing. It affects her generally. I mean, it could affect her in her career. She could be very involved in things that are seen. So I'm thinking photography, cinematography, fashion, hospitality, event planning. These things would would work. Um, maybe even journalism, bring attention to things. There's a load of careers that that could apply to, but it's about drawing attention to things, seeing things, visionary. She's quite visionary. The energy of the rabbit's quite nice because it's mystical and flexible, and um, it means that people can be quite um, diplomatic. They can often um, it can often represent growth and creativity diversity so that's that's lovely and that's in her character and personality when I look at the day I see yang metal so somebody who's quite quite used to responsibility somebody who's quite um direct and on that heavenly stem so her master element is yang metal and that heavenly stem is sitting on top of the tiger which indicates somebody that can cope well with change and could be maybe quite an entrepreneur, somebody who's quite opportunity, um, makes the most of opportunities in business, somebody that um, might like a venture, somebody who could be quite um, action orientated. So even though there's that soft, gentle persona <laughs> deep down, there's somebody who could be quite firm and 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 clear. Let's just see. So so what we've got here is metal, fire, earth, wood, metal, wood. We don't see any water. It could be there in her hour of birth. We don't know. So let's look at the luck pillar. The luck pillar indicates the external energy around her. And her current luck pillar, which began at the age of 26 and will continue until she's 36, is um, that is represented by the heavenly stem of yang fire that's going to increase her power status her responsibilities but it's quite unstable because it's sitting on top of the earthly branch of the rat now the rat is a water sign and on the first layer you would say water brings about greater balance in this chart however the rat will clash with the horse so affecting her 
generally affecting her business her responsibilities, big changes, particularly from 2019-20, even into 21, might be settling down now. Big, actually, we're in 22, still big changes. The rat also has a self-penalty with the rabbit, suggesting that she might find this whole thing quite upsetting or quite stressful, uh, Lots or maybe lots of changes to her social circle, maybe with the tiger she has to move away or... There's lots of changes going on in her chart to do with work, I believe. And when does that change? That will change. It will become softer and easier as this year develops, but I think there should be significant changes to be expected during June. Um, there's harmony indicated in July. A little bit of change going on in August, September. More power status um, coming through in October, harmony in November, a little bit of pressure in December. And then as she moves further in towards 2023, I think things will start to really work out in her favour. So I think this person's actually got a lot of luck in their chart. Yeah, I think this person could have, I would really like to know their hour of birth because I think that could really unlock a, a lot more. But I think this person got big ideas and is not afraid to pursue them. I think that's really admirable. I think it's always good to dream big and and to take action on those dreams, not just to to while away the hours, but to actually focus on the on the intention of those dreams and to act on that intention, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone. And I think this person could be very successful if they're not already. I think they certainly will be soon. And with the help of the, they, they've got noble people in their chart indicated in the ox and the goat stars. And these stars are going to come through in July and in January. And these can be very supportive. So, so she's, I think she's attracting good friends and people to support her and mentor her if she needs that. How's that? Nice. That sounds great. That sounds like a really nice chart. Yeah, it is. It, to be honest, the first layer, I was sort of stunned for a while because it looked quite quite complicated. There's a lot of money in this chart and a lot of responsibilities, but there's also lots of good friends. And I think she's. I think she has got a gentle way with her, but she's not afraid to um, to be the star of the show, which is good, which is brilliant. The water energy, which will um, increase as she goes through this luck pillar, and that will change in 2026, is um, is going to increase her knowledge and her wisdom. But at the same time, it does indicate lots of changes at work. And generally speaking, she's going through a bit of a transformation. It all sounds pretty exciting, though. Yeah, definitely. I mean, looking further across in 2024, there's a dragon year. Dragons combine with the rat. So that could be a really important year for her. Where the water energy will be important mm. for Harmony. Perhaps we could look at her feng shui if she's interested. We could always add that on to the end one day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Well, on behalf of her, thank you very much. My pleasure, my sweet, my darling. We should also mention that we've got a website now. Would you like to tell us about the website? One of the things that I thought would be nice would be to introduce a subscription service. What do you think? 
Yeah. So the advantage of a subscription service you were meant to ask <laughs> is um, but is is to give people sort of deeper insights and um, more applications that they can use for themselves and their families, such as compatibility charts. Um, we hope to be able to give the free mini readings that people can put in themselves with their dates of birth, and they just get a, a brief outline. Obviously, when they have the actual readings, there's much more. Um, involved and and more time is given but we I still would like to give people a taste because I think it's really important we can also talk about the energies that are to come so we look at the monthly stars and how they can affect each star each group Um, we can look at the annual stars and um, flying stars which people can apply to their property there's loads of things that I'd like to add and I'm sure as time goes on we'll think of more this is after all tiger year tiger year is all about action and development finding opportunities acting on them collaborating if people have ideas please email i'd be really grateful right now chloe and i are plucking ideas out of thin air so we would love people's um suggestions and uh, of course next year is all about creativity so right now this is about the planning stage so people please please join in <laughs> Sorry, that was the squeaky oh, chair. That was a nice squeak. <laughs> that yeah. was my excitement and leaning back on the chair that squeaks. I'm sorry. <laughs> can you tell us briefly what you can find on the website? What now? Yeah. Well, pictures of you and me looking mighty fine. We <laughs> <laughs> were a bit old. <laughs> we should update some more recent ones. <laughs> but specifically, there are some services on there that mum's been doing and offering for yonks not gonna say how long um i'll give it all away (laughs) but i would i recommend checking it out if it might give you some ideas of what you as a listener might be interested in there's like there's lots of things to do with feng shui that i don't know what they mean but mum's not telling you what they are either so if you visit the website you can find out more (laughs) (laughs) and you can listen to our episodes that you can find us all there yeah. So if you visit our Instagram, the link's in the bio. Otherwise, I think on the top of my head, I think it is smashingsecrets.myportfolio.com. So check it out. Send us a message through on there. You can send us messages now. And we are a rat. Can you hear the dog? <laughs> No. I heard that dog everywhere. And we are around to answer any queries, questions, comments, ideas. We just love to hear from you. It sounds, we just love that. We do. I love yeah. you too, by the way. Did I say I love you? <laughs> no. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> <All right, few. laughs> Don't want to come on too desperate. <laughs> anyway. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, you can find us on our Instagram at Smashing Secrets. You can email us in, or you can do it for the website now, but you can email us on <laughs> Smashing Secrets at Outlook.com. And we look forward to welcoming you next time. We do. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>